we strive. And you think, don't you deserve something? But you don't. I am here to help change the fitness industry. So I basically lived in a cave for 60 days. Over 420 pounds to the lightest I got was 209. Bill McCullough, Vice President of Creative for uh, the NFL. Entrepreneurs are selfish at the best of times. How far can my talent take me? Prepare to be inspired. Five, Five four, four, three, three two, two, one, zero. All right, Blair McKaney. He is such an incredible role model. Ever since I was a little kid, he was like the Arnold Schwarzenegger, but for my city, like he was this big bodybuilder guy, businessman, always kind, always has something nice to say. And he just knows so much about fitness. It's literally insane. When I was uh, in high school, I was in this fitness specialist class and he would always let me come into Gold's and like review their revenue sheets and like all their expenses. And he would let me learn about business and fitness. He's such an incredible person. And he, you, you gotta listen to the podcast, but he basically changed the world for the better. It's it's really incredible, I dive deep into it. And he calls me Cody a few times, that's my dad's name. He's done that for years, he just does it randomly. I don't know why he does it. But uh, hey Blair, I'm Corey. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. So paranoid it's not gonna record. <laughs> it's like my biggest fear, okay. Okay. All right, so we'll start off. Uh, so here with Blair McKinney, um, an awesome person that I kind of definitely saw as a role model when I was growing up in the fitness industry. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, I, when I was younger, I kind of wanted to uh, own, a, own a gym and kind of be all part of that. And you were kind of a huge, um, huge like role model and inspiration. I, I saw what you were doing not only in Wenatchee, but kind of at Gold's globally. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. So who, who are you? What are your, what are your current job titles? And we'll kind of get started. Okay. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks. Um, so, and we, and as you know, now, you know, we're no longer Gold's Gyms or right. two, our two locations yeah. here in Wenatchee Valley, we rebranded. Um, and that is, that is really more because of us, not because of Gold's. I'm still, I'm, I love the Gold's Gym brand and the, and the people at Gold's Gym and, um, but but my my job titles that is interesting because you know when you're when you are an entrepreneur it's really yeah. you know that is like <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I mean yeah. when you know there's times when you know you're filling out whether it's for the bank or something or whatever and you're filling out and it says job title and I just look at it you know <laughs> yeah. like self-employed and then yeah. what I can make up anything I want after that. Um, technically, I am uh, president and CEO of Confluence Fitness Partners, okay. and that's the two clubs that you're familiar with that you worked at for and, a while. Okay, oh, and those two, those two at the time owned Gold's, your franchise we, of Gold's. We were a Gold's Gym franchise okay. at the time that, that, that you were there, right? Gotcha. And then um, our other company is called Clubworks, okay. and uh, Clubworks, that's where I spend most of my time. Um, we are a partner company to Medallia, uh, was a... Uh, SaaS enterprise SaaS company from Palo Alto. Now, now San Mateo is where headquarters is now. Just so you know, SaaS stands for it's S A A S. It stands for software as a service. And I have a lisp, so I'm like th -th 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 -th. Um, yeah, software as a service. So basically, it means that their company is providing. Well, it's pretty obvious. Their company is providing a software as a service. Typically, it's a B two B. So, like for example. Our app is switching from a marketplace model where we have all these programs we're selling to a SaaS model where 
we're providing a back-end software and then we're selling it to personal trainers so they can run their business, handle billing and all that. But what we do is we take the Medallia technology, which is all about customer experience management, understanding the customer experience, creating clarity around the customer experience. There, there is no better software in the world for sort of um, aligning an entire workforce mm -hmm. around uh, the customer experience and getting everybody involved in that customer experience game. Yeah. Right? And uh, um, so uh, what we do is we sell and service that Medallia software specifically to the fitness industry. And the the software, is it is it just like... Um is it like tutorial videos for employees or is it what, like, how, how does the software work? Like, what is it, what is yeah. it, how does it really take a customer service experience that might be terrible and turn it into a, like a medallion experience that you guys are trying to offer? Yeah. Um, and so, so much of it has to do with um, leadership and whether you actually are adopting a customer experience strategy. So the people that are supposed to implement the medallia, it like involves them a lot? Exactly. So, so in other words, it, this is just, this is the, you know, rocket fuel that, mm -hmm. that says, when a company says, um, we believe that customer experience is the product. Yeah. And in fitness, that's, customer that's, experience that's, is the product. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't, um, and, and most businesses would say that. Yeah. Right. But... Um, I'm a big fan of, uh, I'm a big fan of Lexus. Yeah. And, uh, how frequently do you interact with their people, policies, business practices, processes, basically during the sales cycle? Gotcha. Okay. And then maybe during a service, right? Yeah. But other than that, you, you know, you get in the car and you drive it every day and you say, God, this is a great car. And, and so, and so the product sort of stands on its own. Yeah. Um, in fitness, you, you can't, right? I mean, it's you, an everyday, you, like, yeah, yeah. What do you? I mean, you come in to work out, and it's either going to be, uh, you know, it could, it could possibly be too crowded, and you can't access the mm -hmm. stuff that you want to access, yeah. or the person at the front desk is indifferent, and you lay down on a leg curl, and you see a bunch of dirt and stuff somewhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything, everything in fitness, it's it's the experience becomes the product. Absolutely, right? Yeah. You even see, um, you could you could look at a club when it's empty, and it could be look like ultra high end, and you mm -hmm. think, my God, this is a fabulous club. Yeah. And let's say we didn't know the price point of the club, uh, and the price point could be two hundred dollars, but it could be ten. You don't know. Right? Yeah. But you'd look at it. And ten hundred or ten ten dollars. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you make some assumptions. Well, here's the thing: the, I don't care how nice a club is. Once there are too many people. It's not worth it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, so if a company recognizes um, that that the member experience is is the hill they're going to die on, mm -hmm. um, we're the perfect partner for that because gotcha. we already we have a very strong opinion about how that software should be deployed. Yeah. How you should collect information from the customer, but then it goes beyond that. Um, we know how to help them write their position descriptions. We know how to help them get buy-in from their front lines. Mm -hmm. We know how to help them. So we, it's not just for us, it's not just the, the software, the technology. Yeah. It's strategy, yeah. it's implementation, it's ongoing operations. How do we operationalize all this so it just becomes part of the habits of the company? Absolutely. That's what we understand better than anybody. That's awesome. And 
I had two points to that. So I mean, I know when I was like a little kid and younger, I would always go to a gym and I'd send you an email like, "Oh, this gym is terrible," and here's why. I used to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I went to an LA Fitness and and I, I go to LA Fitness now, so no like hate on that. But I went to an LA Fitness and um, it was near Disneyland, and I spent. 45 minutes trying to find the place because it was underground in a garage there was no signs and i want and i think i sent you an email about how frustrated i yeah, was yeah. with and yeah. then i went to, I, can't, I went to another gym and their customer service like they were just really rude and they didn't really interact with me and i think i sent you an email about just how much like how much the normal person doesn't appreciate when a gym is kind and like you know everyone's name and there's that mm-hmm. like when you come in the door there's they're greeting you and everything i i really think um i've been to a lot of gyms and there a lot of the times I would always compare them to to your gym in Wenatchee because it was such a, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was such a like staple for how um, customer service should be implemented in in the fitness space. And I started to realize that more and more when I would when I actually worked at worked at your gym, um, just basically all the things we do on a daily basis for for our our, uh, our members yeah. that a lot of other gyms just kind of just ignore or wouldn't even because I I also worked at a gym in East Wenatchee while I was working at Gold's like part time yeah and the stuff we do over I would like go to do something that I was supposed to like told to do at Gold's and they'd be like what are you doing and I was like oh well this is kind of like you know I thought, yeah. this is what, I thought this is what I was supposed to do so it was, it was funny to uh, kind of kind of be on both ends of the spectrum and kind of see that um, I don't know it's just, it's just crazy how how different that is like how yeah you know, you well, and, and that's it. You know, and and then you think of the number of members that we have that um, probably have never been in another gym before, just yeah, ours, exactly, right? Yeah. And and um, and and I kind of want them to take it for granted, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you kind of want them to. You want to go, go ahead, go ahead, leave. Yeah, 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 like, I mean, yeah. You know, I want that expectation yeah. to be that yeah. when somebody walks in, that um, that somebody knows my name. Yeah. I want that expectation to be that you get the unexpected uh, greetings, and mm-hmm. by that I mean. That the trainer's saying hi to you out on the floor. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That that a group exercise instructor introduces themselves to you, mm-hmm. even if you're not in the group exercise class. That that there is that um, hospitality, that layer of hospitality. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And then uh, because it's not just <clears throat> they're not just going to um, compare their experience at at our gyms um, to other gyms. They're going to compare it to. A restaurant they're going to compare oh, exactly. it to, yeah right yeah. And because you can't like that's what experience is it's a collection of memories mm-hmm. and so you can't sort of unlearn something yeah right yeah. so you that's one of the things that's really helped drive a customer experience is you know starbucks um raised expectations on everybody and mm-hmm. and uh, here's an example of that cody so uh it used to be in the gym that mm-hmm. you know wow you guys have wi-fi Right. I mean, that was yeah. like, yeah, well, we, we kind of had to put it in because, you know, Starbucks made that Star, a thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so but now it's if you don't have Wi-Fi, you're done. Yeah. Would yeah. you join a gym that didn't have Wi-Fi? I mean, I probably, probably well, I have I have Sprint, so I don't get service. Oh, yeah. But it is interesting. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. it, it just has gone from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being a a really cool thing to just yeah. literally baseline part of the experience. Yeah, if I didn't have Wi-Fi, I literally couldn't use my phone because it's Sprint services, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work. So, yeah, so, yeah. So, so that so that customer experience is a, is a, it, it's like a step mill. Absolutely, yeah. Right? And it's always moving and you got to always be walking towards the, towards the top of it. And that Absolutely. means constant innovation, constant improvement, mm-hmm. constantly keeping everybody 
uh, in the organization aligned with the customer experience vision. Yeah, and it has so much to do with hospitality. And it really does come down to that. And it's actually kind of what I said earlier, how uh, when I was younger, I really wanted to, to own a gym. And I remember I, I, you let me sit in on one of your meetings when I was like 17 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, It's funny because I... I actually decided at some point that I really didn't want to own a gym because mm-hmm. I noticed how much competition there was. And I noticed, obviously, you guys had already established yourself as a um, kind of a gym that was ahead of the curve. And I just felt like, I mean, I would never open a gym at Wenatchee, mainly because of you guys. So I feel like it would be so hard to compete. <laughs> uh, but uh, I just, I was looking at you and how much um, passion and effort you put into it. And I just realized, like, there's no way I can put in that much passion and effort into owning a gym. So I was like, I probably just shouldn't do it then. So I, I was like, I'm it's hard. a different career. Yeah. It's a hard business, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And um, I I am on a, a Rex Roundtable. Rex stands for Roundtable Executives. Mm-hmm. There are about 14 of these Rex Roundtables, specifically in the fitness industry in the United States. Um, generally 10 to 15 club owners on each round table. Okay. And different cities or, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Gotcha. So on my round table, besides Wenatchee, there's, you know, uh, clubs from San Francisco, Gainesville, Florida, Chicagoland oh, area crazy. from all over. Gotcha. Um, and, and, and you become very cohesive. So I've been on it mm-hmm. for like 14 years Yeah. and my round table, I think has been together for 25 years. I, and, and there's some of the best thinkers in the industry on our roundtable. And, and, and the Rex um, owners do a really good job of, like, finding the right people to put together. Yeah. And generally, there's not a lot of turnover on a roundtable, so you get to know everybody really well. And, and in one of our recent roundtables, we'd been talking about uh, strategy, mm-hmm. right? Like, and realizing that some of the people on my roundtable uh, are some of the best strategists mm-hmm. um, I've ever seen on on business strategy. But what's yeah. interesting about it, back to this point about passion, not one of us strategically selected the city we were going to put our clubs in. You just did it. Not one. <laughs> yeah. it, it was about your hometown. Yeah, you cared about it. It was yeah. you were passionate about it, mm-hmm. you know, and so you built clubs where you lived. Now, mm-hmm. if you took some of the business models that have been built, and, and I think what happens, Cody, I think what happens is... Um, that means that you're probably going to have struggles that you wouldn't otherwise had mm-hmm. if you said if if some why didn't you put that model in Seattle or why didn't yeah. you put that model in Issaquah? Could you be killing it? Yeah, you know, exactly. you'd be, okay. Well, the if you are um, a chronic learner and intensely curious and a hard worker, you never stop trying to improve the product and overcome issues. And mm-hmm. so so that's what I see on my roundtable, and yeah. I get to I get to spend a lot of time with them but if we were real strategists at the time we opened our clubs you, you we'd have probably you know <laughs> yeah. if we'd all gone to business school we'd have said well here's the model yeah. and now let's find the 10 best sites in the united exactly, states exactly yeah yeah and that's what you kind of have happening in the industry right now and why competition is getting more and more fierce there's a lot of private equity coming in and they're they're really just analyzing the exact spot and city to put the the, the gyms yeah for the perfect model yeah. to go in the perfect spot you can see yep. that yeah well that's in that's it's very interesting, you know. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely getting more and more competitive. Obviously, fitness is becoming more and more popular. But with that, obviously, yeah, the, the gyms, you know, there's definitely pros and cons to that. I feel like as a mm-hmm. gym owner. Um, so so one one big question here: uh, what what do you uh, what do you feel like you were put on this earth to do? I know it's a very uh, universal kind of. No, right. that's all right. That's all right. I'm 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 really clear about that. So <laughs> okay. I, and I'm I'm really fortunate that for, for me. 
you know, um, when I was 14, I wanted to own a gym. That's what okay. I wanted to do. That like, was me too, and then I switched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good. yeah, good for you. Yeah. And uh, I have a friend that says, I can teach anybody how to make a million dollars in the in the gym business. Okay. First, start with $4 million. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. That's pretty good. Um, so, so for me, it's always been a passion okay. around uh, fitness and around helping others mm-hmm. find that passion. Uh, piled on top of that is... Um, I identify with the plight of the small business person, what it means to have a personal guarantee, what it means to... um, Like a handshake agreement kind of a thing? Well, no, that uh, for the small business owner, you you never get get away from uh, giving what's called a personal guarantee on your leases, on your finance. Basically, it means this, you, you know... Uh, you're not running for your lunch. You're running for your life. Yeah. You're, you know, if if all, if it all fails, you lose your home. You lose the money that you know you, for your kids' college or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, your personal guarantee means it's it's your net worth it's that's on the yeah. line. So uh, fitness, the, the the plight of of business uh, business people, and I'm obsessed with companies that have learned to make money um, through customer loyalty. And how they think about that, and yeah. so it's so. I'm, I am here to help change the fitness industry around that. And you have done that, so I feel, I feel like. In many I, ways, I, I think yeah. we've had so. I think we have had some impact. Yeah. I, I I do think that we have sort of introduced the in- industry to um, customer experience as a, a, a you know as a as a strategy, mm-hmm. and um, and how to measure and drill down into measurements and have teams responsible for mm-hmm. different customer experience metrics and yeah. be excited about it and and to really um, you know and and you you were you were talking about some of the other clubs you've been in and, and your emails that you would send and yeah. say so so then what's the difference right what what is the what is the difference between the clubs that only get to mediocre mm-hmm. when it comes to how they treat their members and and the clubs that get to off the chart, excellent, and, yeah. I, and I and I hold Gainesville Health and Fitness out there as one of the icons of this okay. in Gainesville, Florida. They have three clubs there. Um, it, the the difference is that you actually really care about the results that your customers get. Yeah, and absolutely. so and so you, so you, you know most clubs could they're just sales organizations. Yeah, that's all they are. They 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 measure churn and they try to. You know, customer acquisition is all about you know beating the churn, Let's go. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. there isn't that much. They don't. It's a lot of them talk the game of yeah. of results, yeah. um, and we've even changed that. At the center of our strategy is not results. At the center of our strategy is helping people create an exercise habit. That yeah. is kind of the bullseye of our strategy. Um, but most of these organizations are just are run by sales managers that are really good at sales, and even their PT departments are. Yeah, you know, just, salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's one of the that's one of the core differences that you'll feel when you. Yeah, I know, and I totally agree. And it's crazy because I mean, I uh, I don't know if it's who I am as a person or the the values and the customer service I was instilled upon. Like when I worked at Gold's for like two years, I was there. But it's crazy. Like even now, like when I'll, I wait tables on the side too to help fund the app. And I mean, it's crazy because I. Uh, I'll watch my coworkers constantly. Um, you know, there'll be a table kind of they need something or they've been sitting there for a few minutes and they haven't been greeted yet, and it will just bother me to my core that no one is talking to these people. And it, and, it, and I don't know if that's me or like what I've learned, but 
I mean, it's 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 crazy how how much of a difference you can make when you have a solid customer service like um, I guess heart, but also just like that your company just kind of presses forward for that customer service because it's just it it bothers me to a core, and it's cool to see companies like Golds and other companies I've worked for that they actually care about what the customer really wants and feels, and you know you get greeted when you walk in and they know your name, and it's, I don't know, so it's it's a it's cool to. To see you guys kind of leading that front, and yeah, it's good that you're haunted by that. Yeah, it it's good because me. it'll guide everything. It'll guide how you look at your app. It's going to guide everything, because yeah. that when you start to see any kind of friction, it's gonna it's gonna bother you. Yeah, that's what you want to be obsessed with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know. So I, I think I think that's fabulous, and it also, you know, we we always say you know there's only we're, we're a, you know on the for the gyms we're a small company right mm-hmm. and we always say there's only going to be a few careers. There. But yeah. we, but we want. If you don't have a career with us, we want your career to be enhanced by us, yeah. right? And and so, Absolutely. so I love that that has that that's had an, an impact, impact on it you. Definitely, <laughs> it definitely has, and it's, just, it's made it laughable. At some of some companies I've worked for, it's been a joke. I've been like, is this really how we talk to customers and how we, you know, it's just. So I've worked at a lot of different businesses over the years, and I've done you know car washes, and I worked at gyms. I was a manager at Rite Aid. I've done all these random things, and. It's just crazy some of the the lack of care that some of these companies yeah. have had. It's just I don't know. So, and, you know. and it's a and it becomes a lack of leadership, right? It's true. Yeah, it def- definitely starts up there. But yeah, yeah, yeah I totally agree. Yeah, but um, but then but then you'll run into the people that just it, it's innate in them that they exactly. that they have to be yeah. service oriented, and when they're in that type of an environment that isn't mm-hmm. that doesn't align with them, they'll leave. Exactly. They, yeah, they're not yeah. going to be there very long. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, and I, I think I have seen that too with people that I've worked with that just you know, they can't handle the environment, and it's, it's, I don't know. So I totally agree with that. And and your waiting tables, yeah. everybody should work in food service at was, some point. That was something I was going to say actually. I think uh, did you ever, did you ever get to the point where you did that? Or you, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I was yeah. a busboy in <laughs> yeah, Las Vegas. I was oh, a busboy oh, here at the Chieftain too oh, there, in high school. There you but, go. Yeah, in the summers I would uh, I was a busboy at the original MGM Grand, uh, which is now Bally's. That's crazy. Um, and yeah, no, it, you learn a lot by working in food service. It, it, it really is crazy. And I, I do think, and someone the other day pointed that, like a celebrity pointed out that too, that you need to do that. And it's it's been always the thing that I've always preached to everyone I talk to is that if you never work in food service, there's a certain, like, it's a certain, I don't know what it is, but there's a certain characteristic that you don't develop and you won't be able to, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but there's something about just that shitty, <laughs> that shitty <laughs> it's experience. Tough, yeah, there's something about that where... I mean, you can work in an office job at you know at sixteen or eighteen, whatever you do. But if you never have to deal with some terrible person yelling at you and you know sweeping up the floors and getting tables off the table, you know, yeah. or getting plates off the table, it's I don't know. So I, I do think that's very important. Um, so what was a what was childhood like for you? Like, what were you like as a kid? Like, what was? Um, so really um, loved sports, and yeah. I and I. I am. I've always been ex- extremely hard worker. Okay. But I had to work like extremely hard to be a little better than average, yeah. right? So I mean, I was never the. I, I have uh, two. Uh, uh, I'm the youngest of five boys, two brothers and, and two stepbrothers, and all very close. And and my my two stepbrothers are just phenomenal athletes. Yeah. I mean. Just phenomenally gifted athletes, yeah. and, you <laughs> yeah. know, and uh, I learned a lot from watching them. Um, but my, yeah, my childhood was a lot of, um, I'll bet, sim- I'll bet similar to, to your parents, right? I mean, uh, 
yeah. a lot of stuff outdoors. And, um, you know, I picked up my first barbell when I was 14 and never looked back. <laughs> yeah. You know, in, in fact, it's funny. I, I've, uh, I'll be 60 in June. I've, uh, I've never missed a week of training since I was 14. So. That's insane. Wait, so you mean there hasn't been a week where you haven't worked out for one day or you've literally three. done, you've done three days a week since you At were 14? Least. Yep. For steady since I was 14. And, and then actually today is uh, the 732nd consecutive day that I've worked out was Jeez. this morning. So this was, um, it, it started Christmas Day two years ago. Oh, that's like, I was like, how do you know that number? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, it, well, it started with because, because how we have evolved our strategy into helping people create exercise habits. I realize I have an exercise habit, right? I've trained three days a week. But um, that because I'm because I'm never afraid that I'm gonna if I miss a workout, oh my god, am I gonna set? Because a lot of people go through this fear, right? Like, oh yeah. If I miss a day, am I suddenly not gonna go in? And you know, the TV's gonna Let's overwhelm me, and, and yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I'll never, I'll never, I'll never keep it up. But that's never been the issue for me, right? If, I mean, if I if I have a four or five day a week training schedule, depending on how I'm cycling my training, if I have a four or five week, and something got in the way of a day on travel. Well, I just back it into another day or do it on Saturday. It was not a big deal, Works out right? Fine, yeah. So it was easy to be flexible. But so what I wasn't learning though was um, dis- kind of discipline in a way. Like, well, yeah, like yeah, like yeah, what do of, pe- what do other people really have to go through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I decided with a heavy travel schedule and everything that I was going to commit to just train every day. And and a few things I've learned. One is you have to set what you call as your minimum daily exercise. And okay. so for me, it's 30 minutes at 65% heart rate doing okay. cardio. Okay. And, oh, that's uh, rough. I hate cardio. <laughs> yeah. But I also don't allow myself to do the minimum two days in a row. Oh, gotcha. Right. So um, so um, with that, the, the next thing is you have to kind of pre-decide everything. You have, to, you have to know when you're traveling to Sao Paulo. Yeah. You have to know exactly where you're staying. You have to know what the neighborhood's like, if there's any gyms, because mm-hmm. the gyms are not open on Sundays in Brazil. Oh, yeah. And so you have to do a lot of pre-planning. Yeah. And then I started to really um, learn what our customers have to overcome in order to... Kind of put yourself in their shoes. In yeah. Way. yeah, yeah, exactly awesome. what it does, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I do probably, I think I do about four or five, but they're... I don't think there's ever been a week since I was probably 14 too. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's been a whole week I've missed, but there's for sure been like at least five or six days where I've just been like, ugh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, or I've been doing something or I can't remember, but uh, that's crazy though that you've never, isn't that weird to sit down and, because I've thought about that too. I mean, not to your extent obviously, but like, you know, I it's just like I've worked out several days a week every week since I was yeah 14 it's mm-hmm. weird for me to think it's weird mm-hmm. for, to look at your, you and it's like for the last what 46 years mm-hmm. you've done the same like this like all that's crazy commitment well you know you know what it's interesting too because it's for, for me it's not really about you know having you know fitness goals yeah you know it just at, at this point it's about I mean that's how I that's how I center myself and mm-hmm. you, you know you, you and uh, you know there's been tough times in business and you know, I look back on the recession in 2008. Remember, we opened we opened in July 1 of 2008. We opened that second the East club. Oh, you did? Okay. Oh, worst, worst possible time. You know, take no. on $4 million in debt and, oh, you know, and everything just got, and you know, it was hard to, it was tough, yeah. right? And uh, Were people still signing up? Like, I know the recession was tough. I mean, I was a, I was a kid, so I didn't really know that much. But, like, was was that tough, like, 
were people still signing up for gyms or was that people have no money at all? So they were just like, I'm not going to spend any money. No, it was this, that's a great, it's a, it, very interesting. The gym business has proved to be very resilient in a recession. Gotcha. Um, and the, and the, and the, you know, the metadata shows that, but in our own little experience and because, you know, net promoter scores in the eighties, which is ridiculously high mm-hmm. customer experience scores and, you know, staff friendliness scores averaging 9.4 across every staff friendliness touch point. Mm-hmm. And then when that recession hit and we had double memberships, right? Cause we just opened the second club. We had yeah. dub- double the amount of memberships in the Valley and, uh, um, new member acquisition just was so slow trying yeah. to bring new people in. But what didn't happen was we didn't lose members. I mean, we, oh, we, cool. we, I mean you always have attrition, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But our attrition never spiked. That's crazy. In that, in that time. And uh, um, if it wasn't for that, if, we had a, if, we, if we'd have had a crappy customer experience, we'd have been wiped off the face of the earth. We'd have, we'd have gone broke <laughs> yeah. if we'd had a crappy customer experience. That's crazy. I'm trying to think, 2008, was I working out there yet? I think I was a, I think I was a year or two out of there. And I remember you guys opened the, the East Menachee gym, and um, it was like all the hype. You had the big big ass fan. Yeah, yeah. Everyone loved one of them. Wanted <laughs> yeah. to see that, but that's crazy. How are how are the gyms currently doing? They're doing doing pretty well. Or? We're having a very we we'll finish the best year we've had in ten years. Oh seriously? Year. Oh yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, it seems best like best year we've had in ten years. Yeah, I had I had a lot of my friends sign up there. So there you go. Yeah, good. Uh, I got you. Uh, but uh, no, it seems like every person I know. It's um, I mean, obviously all the CrossFits pop up, and that that's going to be a huge competition over the years for yeah. you guys, and it has been, but. I mean, all my friends at the end of the day are typically signing up at Gold's or Works now. So yeah. um, that's kind of always, there hasn't really ever been like a, I mean, occasionally like I have a friend that would work out at the rack or something, but it's yeah. al- it's always been like, it wasn't really another option for most people. It was kind of like, yeah, we're, we're most likely going to go to Works. Yeah, that's um, good. That's good. And it's because they're, you know, boutiques have popped up everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's amazing how many people have dual memberships. You oh know, yeah, exactly. they have something yeah. at a boutique and 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 then at a gym, or they'll spend eight to twelve weeks, you know, oh, at like a boutique, a program, yeah. and then they go back to a gym. And and boutique's a great word for those smaller gyms. I never, mm-hmm. I never, I'll, I'll definitely use that when I'm trying to describe. That is <laughs> yeah. that, that is how the space is being referred to. Gotcha. Is okay. boutique gotcha. fitness? That's your. Is that what functional fit, like small yep. functional gym? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Gotcha. Um, that's your, you know, uh, the the CrossFits, the Orange Theories. Gotcha. Um, uh, your yoga studios and that that's the reference boutique, the boutique. Yeah, I'm gonna use that word. and and there now, now there's almost as many boutique fitness as there are health clubs in north america so about thirty-five thousand health clubs and about thirty thousand. oh really yeah, yeah there's so many it's crazy yeah um what are your uh what are your thoughts on uh, going to college i mean i'm not sure if you did or not obviously like if you didn't you didn't need to but i mean what are what are your th- i know you i know you, you seem like kind of a person i feel like if i had to guess that kind of just absorbs knowledge really well over the years and kind of has taken that and created your own kind of little mini empire here in, in Wenatchee. Well, but. Yeah. So I, I didn't, go, I didn't go to college. Okay. I was a, was a trade uh, school. Is that what it, no, but I oh, went damn. into carpentry. That's what I, okay, but you're there, right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't there. actually go to the, I didn't actually go to trade school. I just went, um, uh, my, we remodeled our house. My, my grandfather was a carpenter and I was around him a lot and I enjoyed it. And, you know, and I remember remodeling our home on Washington street when I was a kid. And, okay. and then out of high school, I got a job as a carpenter's apprentice okay. and, um, um, learned it uh, quickly you know, could read blueprints pretty easily. That was an easy thing for me. And then that sort of accelerated. And I went on more and more jobs, started to go on commercial jobs. Mm-hmm. And then 
um, I ended up uh, a journeyman carpenter out of local 131 in Seattle. Okay. And um, uh, I, I, to this day, I, I love to build. Yeah. I, I love to build. And um, so uh, I learned really early in life how to learn. Yeah, and I have a, um, um, a I crave learning new things, mm. and it doesn't seem unusual to me. But I, but I, over the years, I've realized that for other people watch it, it seems unusual to them. Like yeah. what you know, you're constantly trying to learn. I constantly reading. Yeah, and I gotcha. Yeah, I could not. I cannot emphasize that enough. Now, um, um. Uh, I wish that I would have understood finance much better. Okay. And I, and, Especially and, early on with the... Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, I didn't know the difference between short-term debt, long-term debt. Yeah. What, you know, I, I, yeah, balance sheet and profit and loss. And yeah. I wish that I would have immersed myself in that early on. So maybe not college, but maybe like maybe a couple classes or maybe just a couple books or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, or maybe even I would or maybe all of the above. Yeah. And um, and a, and, you know, a mentor found a mentor that gotcha. was maybe a, not 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 to get to the level of like. I'm not a guy that's going to be a CFO. Yeah, right? yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah. But if I, but if I found the right CFO to 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 be a mentor, and our company's too small to have a CFO, yeah, yeah. right. So, um, but just to really understand finance a lot more, yeah. So, yeah. I, so I am a I'm a, I'm a, a big fan of uh, college, um, but. I, I've made my way. I've made my way without it, I, yeah. and who knows? If, had I had some college, if it, maybe I wouldn't have had so many sleepless nights at times. You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Right? Well, you yeah. never know. I mean, I think I think you would have been all right regardless. But <laughs> <you know. laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Um, so how has uh, how has social media affected your business? Um, you feel like it's kind of helped your competitors, maybe more the boutique CrossFit gyms increase their business? Or do you think it's lowered barriers for you guys to make it easier to get new members? Or what, what do you think? I, I do think it has lowered barriers for us. Okay. I, I, and I, I think it's, I think it's overall been a good thing. There's a kind of a painful transition from, uh, you know, all the traditional marketing we used to do, you know, we used to be able to run radio spots and newspaper spots and people would come in the door, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. you know, and it would just, it wasn't that hard. Yeah. And then uh, you have the, both the, the recession along with kind of the, the, the rise mm -hmm, like, the exactly time, yeah. that's right yeah. that's right and pretty soon everybody's trying to figure out what the what the hell are we doing you know i mean i don't know i don't know what's working and what's not and yeah. you know we just spent 10 grand doing that and we didn't even see a bump in memberships yeah. compared to last year and i mean that's that crazy. was painful i i do think we're you know we're getting our arms around it more and more um um but there's so many new things that come out it's that crazy. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, exactly it's, yeah. it's hard to be up on everything yeah. and it, it, it's it's why back to my point about my roundtable yeah. it's why that is so well, valuable essential, to me yeah because yeah. we get together and somebody else has seen something you have 14 yeah. owners in there that all have a major stake in in this industry yeah and somebody's gonna say hey did you hear about you know snapchat or something. Yeah. exactly yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. yeah what's the uh, what's the <laughs> Up, up show, you know, so is, is gotcha. one that. I don't even know that. Yeah, I don't know. So it's been around for a while, but a lot of clubs are using it now. And what happens is with up show, is people while they're in their gym and they do a selfie or okay. something or post something with the hashtag, it shows up on the TVs. It's like you have 
Some people have one oh, giant TV gotcha. completely, but it also goes out on their social media. Yeah, yeah. Right. So. Okay, that's pretty. That's pretty cool for the. I feel like that, especially with the this generation, they would love to have their picture on the TV of them working out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. So, so I think uh, you know, I think there's nothing but positive that can come from really learning social media well oh, and how to use yeah. it really well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we covered that one. Um, so this is kind of the kind of overall big question. So, because I, I I'll introduce this in the intro before uh, before I post the episode, but. Uh, a lot of people don't know, but you you did start the Goals Gym Challenge, right? Like that yeah. was you, and that, that's that, that's crazy to me because um, people that don't work out at Golds might not know the challenge because you know there's so many other gyms around the world. But um, you know, Golds whether they have a couple hundred locations, maybe more, I don't know, something like that. There's 150 that are owned by corporate and over 200 owned by franchisees. Okay, and that that's just the U.S. And so yeah, so yeah. we'll say whether there's like 600 worldwide or something like that yeah. if we had yeah. to guess and. So that's crazy that you started in, and I, and I could be wrong, but I feel like gyms didn't really do gym challenges before that. They didn't. They didn't. So what's, and I, you could argue either way, but I feel like in a way you from Wenatchee, Washington, single-handedly started like what has now become, a, like millions of people eventually have been affected by the challenge, the gym challenges, you know? Yeah, it's, that's interesting. So um there was a magazine put out by EAS. Do you remember EAS Supplements? I, I, yep. The, is it like a white logo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Bill, uh, Bill Phillips. And they did in there. I liked their magazine. I can't remember the name of the magazine. But they did a challenge one time in there. And uh, that's where we first saw it. He had, a, he had like a, uh, his personal car was a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or something like that. And he decided he was going to give it away to somebody. Oh, really? Right? Oh, and, and so they did this, they did this in the magazine and how they had to do the pictures and everything. And so right after that, uh, came out, actually, I'm trying to think maybe it was, maybe we did this before that one came out because it was pretty close. What we wanted to do was try to keep people exercising in the summer. Okay. Gotcha. And so, um, we came up with literally we call it the gold's gym challenge and it was 12 weeks in the summer mm-hmm. and it, there was an entry fee um and we guaranteed a thousand dollars to the winner yeah and it wasn't age groups it wasn't men and women it was just anybody yep and a lot of uh, on our team at that time uh, that, was, that was just local right like you, you did like, that like was the prototype. just local gotcha. that's okay. right and uh, Tammy Flynn, that worked for us at the time, had a oh, huge yeah, yeah. had a huge impact on that, and um, and it worked so well in the summer mm-hmm. that we said, well, why don't we try it in January? Yeah. And it took off. Yeah, I mean, it went it went crazy, and so on the third year that we did it, and so this is twenty something years ago now, on the third year that we did it. Um, there's other franchisees that were really good friends of mine up in upstate New York. Yeah. And so I called him, uh, Bill Austin, on those clubs. And I said, hey, Bill, let's let's come up with a $10,000 bet, right? Oh, I'll put in five grand. Oh, that's cool. You put in five grand. Yeah. And then we'll figure out how to judge them mutually at the end. But then whoever wins first place mm-hmm. gets the 10 grand to give to their, to give to their members, you know, gotcha. like okay. something. And, uh, or actually, actually, I think what we did was $5,000 for one overall first place. I forget what it was, but, um, we had, it, we had so much fun with it. The, the radio spots that we played here in Wenatchee was, 
Dave Kenyon, who was the, the son-in-law of Bill Austin, they still have their clubs there, uh, on the phone recording a radio spot at Cherry Creek Radio here saying, hi, this is Dave Kenyon from Gold's Gyms in upstate New York, and we hear you guys think you are, you know, in the heart of That's Apple awesome. country. We're in the heart of Apple. We think we that we can kick your butt in a... Yeah. And then I did the same thing in their market. Oh, that's awesome. And it 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 took off. And um, by about the fifth fifth or sixth year, Tammy Flynn had written a book called uh, The Three Apple a Day Plan. It got picked I, up. I, oh, does she have blonde hair? Or yeah, it, yeah. Okay, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, yep. she had a huge impact there. And then we ended up with a deal with uh, the Washington Apple Commission to do a national Goldstream Challenge. We actually, it was me sitting down with Gold's Corporate, me sitting down with the Apple Commission to help put the deal together. Oh, that's crazy. Apple is in like, they just. So what I say here is really stupid and I sound like an idiot. And I just want to clarify, I did not know what the Apple Commission is and I still don't. All right. Like they, have the, set all the rules for like how apples are distributed or like they had all the apples or like what does that even No, mean? so what it was was the, the Apple Commission just used it as a as a promotion and they partnered with uh, Goldstream International and okay. and we actually had to start a new company at the time called Get Fit Foods just to manage it so we could oh, really? sit in between um, and have a separate entity that could do the judging and and uh, uh, yeah, it was it, it took off and today it's it's the biggest promotion that that Gold Gym ever does every year. That's, They're about to about to roll it out again. That's, that, that's the they still do the Gold Gym challenge still. Oh yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's a big deal. It gets judged in Atlanta every year. They bring in that's crazy. They have big sponsors like uh, we'll do a quick you know, video of this, but uh, so yeah. Wait, so they uh, let's get a quick video if you mind of you of you yeah. saying that. <laughs> uh, um, so basically, wait, so. See, the Gold's Gym Challenge was started, and now you have, well, I know I know Gold's is slowly kind of losing a couple locations. They've lost quite a few franchisees. Yeah, yeah. but uh, they still probably have hundreds of people doing it, and I mean, I know. Thousands, so, probably. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, hundreds of gyms, sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 hundreds of gyms yeah. do it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, over the years, I'm all kind of just. But then, and then, and then what happened was that, um, what happened was, uh, other gyms just started to do challenges. Didn't matter if you were part of a exactly. franchise or yeah. not. You know, one-off gyms started mm-hmm. to do challenges, and now everybody does challenges. And then, my last few years as a as a gold gym, we stopped doing the challenge. You did, I remember that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was because after 20 years of doing the gold gym challenge, and as we were evolving our strategy, um, we started to see people come back every year and be heavy again. And oh, yes, yeah, yeah. We thought that, well, this isn't really serving a purpose now that we yeah. wanted it to serve. And so, yeah, and so we stopped. And, and it was it was hard on our staff because we have staff, you know, we have staff that have been with us for 20 years yeah. more. And they got really frustrated seeing members. Oh, like just like, like deep down, like sad. Like yeah, general, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. exhausting to them. Yeah. And so we stopped doing it and, yeah, yeah. no, because I, I when I was working there, I would hear so many stories and rumors about over the years how many people would just literally gain a ton of weight just for the competition, nope. just to lose it. Yeah, and just, and see that didn't happen in the first years, right? But oh, then yeah, as as, on, as, yeah. you, as you start to get more and more money, mm-hmm. as we start to do the national, and when we did the deal with the Apple Commission, we had a half million dollars in prizes. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And then even after the Apple Commission had to disband, 
um, the sponsors now, you know, like there's, I think, I don't know what the first prize is now, 50, 75, or 100 grand or something it's like that. It's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So then, um, you know, with that much extrinsic motivation, mm-hmm. you know, with a lot of extrinsic motivation like that, yeah. then sometimes you get some bad behavior. You know, yeah, we didn't absolutely. like the bad behavior. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's so tough to judge. I mean, it's, it's um, yeah, that's probably smart that you guys pulled out of it because at a certain point, I mean, you try and, reward people and help them for their goals but i mean when that when a reward is that big it's so hard to not be like well if i can just gain weight and then lose it and i could potentially win fifty thousand right. dollars exactly you know? exactly so, i mean that's yeah, that's difficult and then every year you know you'd get some member that says you know i should have won it i'm gonna sue you oh, oh, no, I know, come on i know the story yeah. that you're talking about yeah i know, I know what you're good talking about. god yeah, we won't bring that up, but I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we had a good laugh at, at Gold's about yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you remember that? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, what? Uh, um, so, what do you guys? Do you guys do any charity work? Um, and if you do, are you happy about the amount you do? Do you want to do more? Like what? what well, do you guys oh, yeah, we, yeah, we, we'd like to do more. Um, <laughs> funny, our we we over the years have done the most with Humane Society. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. that's awesome. Big, uh, big fan of the of the Humane Society. I'd like to do more and more aligned with fitness somehow. Maybe something unique. Some yeah, exactly. Yeah, some sort of like like youth challenge or something. Something yeah, yeah so, some, something know, like yeah. that. Something you know we have. Uh, donated equipment to you know uh, to oh you did to Wenatchee right to Wenatchee, Wenatchee High School, High School. I, I was I was there when you got the, we got the new equipment so yeah yeah very excited about that yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I'd do that again too as we replace stuff I would do that in a minute yeah um, that's awesome so yeah, I like the stuff that's aligned around mm. you know promoting fitness well, even if it doesn't promote your own gym and just helping people you know yeah because there's, there's there's so much there right? I mean you um, it's at some point you realize that you know fitness is so much less about the physical than it is about mm. seeing people develop some self-discipline which you know turns into self-esteem and self-respect and absolutely and um i honestly think it was it, it's through fitness and also my dad's phenomenal work ethic that um that, that I just learned to, how to work. Yeah. If, if you if you combine a few things in your life, like how to learn, how to work, and how to be curious, yeah. <laughs> if you you blend those three things, and yeah, you'll exactly. you will constantly progress till you get you will constantly. It does it doesn't like absolutely guarantee that you're going to be worth twenty million bucks. Mm. But I, I but I can guarantee this: you combine those three things, and you will constantly constantly improve. Mm. No, I totally agree. And I kind of feel, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily have those characteristics, but I mean, you know, the app hasn't taken off yet or anything, but it's, it's crazy. The, the things I've learned and the experience that like, I wouldn't be doing this podcast here, hearing your story right now. And I wouldn't have met the people that I've met had I not just kept going, Oh yeah, what's that? What's that? How do I do this? How do I, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I just think like certain people, I mean, whether it's me or someone else that they, Certain people just have certain things. Obviously, you have a ton of it where you just you just constantly want to know like what's next. Like, what are we doing next? Mm-hmm. How do we get to the next level? Um, and I feel like I have at least a little bit of that in me. So I, I try. No, <laughs> try. I think you do too. Yeah, so. I think you do too. And I and I you, you just said something else too, and that is you know you um, never waste a good crisis, right? I mean, there's, yeah, yeah. there's so much to learn quote. about it. That's a good quote. Yeah, you know, I totally agree. There's so much to learn about what's going on if things when things aren't working. No, absolutely. And too many people um, 
when things go, and I see this with clubs all the time, right? yeah. when when things are going fabulous, they credit the wrong things for why they're doing well. Okay. You know, only the smartest operators are really savvy about um, why they're doing well. A, yeah. a lot of people believe it's their incredible strategy and leadership when they have neither. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they literally don't have a strategy and they have very poor leadership. Uh, but they might be in the right spot at the right yeah. time. And I think that's a huge part of the fitness industry. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think a lot of, I mean, this is more of a guess because I don't own a gym, but I feel like a lot of uh, early gym owners might see, you know, like maybe a spike because it's who you know and you might be like popular in the community. But I do think in the end, like, I mean, in, in the stories, it's, you know, good wins in the end. But I think in the end, you know, with the gyms, it's, you know, it's customer service and it's how you really mm-hmm. just, it's really how the, like the gym is run, how you treat your members at the end of the day where, I mean, I can, I come back to Wenatchee all the time and I mean, I'm not going to the gym. I worked out at East Wenatchee. I, I've worked out at a few CrossFit gyms here. I don't even think about those gyms. Like the thing I do when I come back to Wenatchee is I want to go, you know, see my friends and the, the people. At yeah. Park, yeah. You know? That's and, great. And it's cool. You know, so it's a, uh, it's definitely, you know, I definitely, it definitely uh, sticks with you. Um, and you know it's just cool to see that and you guys are this you guys have been the same over the years and i remember when i worked there we used to always win the the weekly customer service competitions it was like yep. not even it wasn't even like, i don't even know why we were trying it was like every every <laughs> week every week we would win it would be like the top the top yeah, gym in the country that's right. so it was funny exactly yeah so consistently the top in in like of the top 10 customer experience metrics mm-hmm. we were one or two in every single one exactly of them. yeah exactly yeah and sometimes I just I would just drop a towel to see if I'd lower the score. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, was, it was crazy to see that over time, though. Yeah. Um, okay, so a, a good a good question here. Um, so I know back in the day, your your because you opened your first gym, right? What was that like? So what was the process of your first opening? Gym? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had no money. Gotcha. And Wait, who was who's we? Um, I had two partners, okay. um, Laura Jakes and Tom Amel. Okay. And oh, oh, I know, you know, you probably know his, his son, son, Dylan, Caleb. And I, wait a minute. If one of his sons, Dylan, Dylan, I think. And, um, I don't know. <laughs> and we had, this not, it was 1983 and, um, we had $6,000 total. Oh gee. Well, how much is that now? Is that like what? 8,000? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So not it much. ain't enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, I, uh, there was a, very, very um, famous business guy here in town, Harold Schroeder. Okay. And, oh, sure. okay. And most people know Harold. And at the time, he had a lot of buildings, and um, I knew him uh, fairly well. Mm. And, and his kids played hockey with his son. And um, uh, just looking for space. Ordered equipment from a little company in Ellensburg, Washington that was just brand new and was building equipment. And so uh, we ordered a bunch of equipment from without the money to pay for it. Nice. <laughs> and got this space yeah. without the money to pay for it. Nice. And so you signed it and like by the end of the month you had to pay for something? It, it, we had more than a month, so we were scrambling. Yeah. And um, Laura, Laura was my, Laura's uh, Sam and Grant's mom, yeah, right? Yeah. So that my, Laura's my uh, first wife and, and she's, she's awesome. And, but uh, her parents uh, and my parents said, God, it looks like they're going to do this. Maybe we ought, <laughs> maybe we ought to help them. Oh, and really? so they got together and they formed 
a company called J&M Leasing, Jake's McKinney Leasing. Okay. And they bought all of our equipment and then uh, leased it to us. We made every damn payment. Okay. They got the depreciation. The tax laws were a little bit different, so it really worked out well for them. I think we did our first four leases worth, J&M Leasing. Okay. And then uh, when we finally paid off the last lease, they dissolved the company. They had everything paid back. They had great tax write-offs, and we were kind of on our way. Okay. But it was... the equipment that you guys had bought, they just bought from you and then leased it to you, basically? Or? They bought it from, at the, well, it was called at the time Centerline uh, Fitness Equipment in, in Ellensburg. Oh, they, okay, so you they, guys weren't really involved. They, they bought it and then they leased yep, it to you. Yep, then they, okay. they leased it to us. And then later, you know, they did this stuff with Stairmaster and Life Fitness. And so it worked out for them. It, started, it worked out great for them, right? <laughs> they started, yeah. And we had the basement of uh, what is the Cascadian Mini Storage Building. Okay. And it was, I'll never forget, Laura and I walking in there and um, Harold Schroeder taking this key and this padlock and starting to unlock it and turning and looking at us and saying, I have an imagination, he said. And opened it up and it was just awful. It was, they were, the, the Wenatchee High School Golden Apple Band was, was raising money to go do a parade in Washington, D.C. and it was just packed with, Looked like a hoarder's place, right? But people had donated stuff to sell for like a rummage sale. And it was just dirty and all these overhead pipes. And we spent, I spent probably four months in there doing all the work. Cutting torches, cutting pipes out, cutting an old boiler out, framing in locker rooms, everything. So we, That's crazy. Yeah. Had to pour two inches of concrete over the entire floor because it's been years and years. It was a parking garage. So it's like oil build up under the dust and you could just couldn't. You couldn't put carpet over anything. Yeah. No, it was, yeah, that was the first year. And what and what did you guys name it again? It, it was called the training station. The training station, that's right. So I remember my mom worked out there for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah she did. She did. The training station. She worked out that at the, and then we moved uh, three years later up to um, another building that Harold owned, which is uh, at 12, uh, no, what is it? Anyway, it's on Wenatchee Avenue, and it's where Arborg Sports is. We're in the upper level. Of oh, gotcha, building. okay. Did yeah. you guys... Did you have a lot of members in those early days? Like where, because no. I, I don't really, so were, were gyms really a thing in the no. 80s? So, okay, so. Not really. They were just becoming, yeah. uh, you know, credit to Arnold Schwarzenegger, frankly, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. movie Pumping Iron and the book Pumping Iron. That yeah. really started to yeah. popularize it and move it from sort of a subculture to kind of a thing. Yeah. And look at now. I mean, how many of your friends, how That's many of your crazy. friends work out? Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Like if you All don't, of them, right? If you don't work out, it's you're like a, an outcast. I yeah, mean, right? I mean, and, and if you don't work out, you still have at some point, you know, been on a thing where you would work out you know yeah it's it's, it's crazy and I, I work out at gold's gym in venice now so it's cool to see arnold still there you know it's yeah cool. i'm sure you've met arnold a few times or, i have met uh, him a few times so sure. you guys, it's so it's so weird to me to think because in my eyes like when i was growing up like you were like this bodybuilder gym owner so it was like you were kind of like the arnold of wenatchee like i, I just always kind of <laughs> like i always kind of like saw you <laughs> like funny. that yeah. And, and you guys are, I mean, not that similar in age, but like, I think he's probably 12 years older than you or something like something that. Something like that, but, yeah. Um, no, like I, I, when I was thinking about it, I was like, there's no way in my mind that you and Arnold haven't met at some point just because of how involved in bodybuilding, you know, you are and just over yeah. the years and everything. So. We met twice, once in uh, um, Las Vegas and once in Seattle. He'd never remember me. I just got the chance to meet him, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's funny. You work out at the Venice. Oh, it's awesome! Yeah, yeah. I, I, t- I took a few months off. My my brother and I are at it. We like playing basketball outside, so we're we're doing a few months there, and I'll be back in the summer. But no, it's a, it's an awesome gym, and I'm sure you've worked out there. Yeah, I have. Yeah, so Quite it's a, few a, times, yeah. yeah, it's a, 
it's awesome, you know. I mean, there's it's getting a little annoying with all the social media people taking, bringing their big cameras and taking videos every day, and you can't even yeah. really get a workout in sometimes. But you no, know, it's it's awesome though. It's the yeah. It's also really demeaning to watch these these people that are you know obviously on steroids and they're just massive people yeah. and they're like six eight and they can deadlift eight hundred pounds. Yeah. And, you know, it makes you feel like a, a puss sometimes. But, <laughs> you know, I still it's still motivating though in, in most ways. Yeah. So. I, I do think that sort of you know it used to be bodybuilding got really popular in the '70s and the '80s and maybe into the '90s a bit. You know, I mean, um, the Mr. Olympia be televised, Mr. Universe would be televised, Mr. America be televised. People, you know, bodybuilders were. And they don't really do that. They don't televise it anymore. Nothing that, anymore. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. No. Uh-uh. And and I and uh, it it was kind of the ra- rampant drug use that I think has caused the, yeah. the the decline of its popularity and probably rightfully so. Yeah. And, and, well, I, and I'll argue that over the last few years, it's, it's actually ramped up a lot. I see a lot more and more of my friends um, getting into bodybuilding. Oh, really? Just because, yeah, yeah and it, it's crazy because, well, what happens is you see these guys on social media have these huge followings making a good career out of it because oh, yeah. you, know, you can make money off of it now. So yeah. I have... A ton of male and female friends that are all you know that are into bodybuilding and they they have yeah. competed in bodybuilding shows. But like but like you said though, I mean, compared to like I went to the LA Fitness event and it, there was lines around the corner for to meet everyone. And but th- these guys have become they're not even really bodybuilders anymore. Like they are, but they've become like more social media stars. And so yeah. the like I have friends that um, would wait for over an hour to just shake hands with someone, and get a picture. And, wow. it, and, it, and it's just it's a and it's it's funny like I get why they're because like I would do the same I mean I wouldn't wait that long but like I would, I would want to be a movie star or like a you know a celebrity in another way but it's crazy how these people have become like the movie stars of our generation like I yeah and, and it, it was also funny for me to be at that event because literally to the T every single person that they were waiting in line to meet trains at Golds in Venice so I was like why don't you just go oh. the, <laughs> so just go, just go get a day pass and you can say hi to them you know yeah exactly yeah. It's crazy. That's yeah, funny. But uh, <laughs> yeah. no, they've, they've become celebrities, though. And it's um, so I, I, I think overall, um, I don't think bodybuilding will ever be what it was like in the 70s right. or 80s. But right. as far as like a cultural like phenomenon where it's on TV and everything. But I, I will argue that over the last several years, it's definitely kind of had like an uptick in people that are. Do, do, you, know, do you see then like with the, the, the uh, kind of the newer resurgences or do you think there's much drug use? Um, I haven't seen. You know, I, I have buddies all the time that'll be like, hey, if, you know, if that gold's like, how do I get my hookup, you know, and everything. You know, it's like, yeah. I haven't seen that much of an uptick. I think people are getting smarter and they realize that, you know, I mean, Rich Piana is a bodybuilder and he, he was, I think he was probably 35 or 40 or something like that, but he just, he just died last year of a heart attack or something like that. And mm. I mean, you know, it's, you see, you see a lot of the, the negative effects and there's all these YouTube videos of guys that like they're, their bicep will fold over on the side and everything. It's like this weird, weird side effects. But I yeah. mean, I, I think I think there's less of the drug use and more, and I personally do this, more of the, the intense pre-workout and all the supplements you yeah. take. And I've seen some negative side effects myself in my own body from doing that. So I've tried to like hone off of just mm-hmm. anything. Um, and I have a, one of my best friends has an opinion that you know, 40 years from now, these new pre-workouts are going to have some crazy side effect on our body that we have, we don't know yet. And so I yeah. don't know. So I'm kind of fit. I'm on the fence, but I, yeah. I, I think yeah. pre-workout is kind of like the safe steroid. So people take that, but, yeah. um, yeah. yeah, every person I know takes pre-workout pretty much. So yep. it's yeah. crazy. But yeah. Steroids. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Just a, f- a few more questions here. Um, what, uh, what what was the pivotal kind of make it or break it moment in your life? I'm sure you've had several. Obviously, owning a gym, there's always things that happen. But what was like the main thing that, um, whether it was a risk you took or just a situation where you were kind of just like, if this doesn't work out, I don't know if we're going to be able to press on kind of a thing. Well, well, one, one was actually becoming Gold's Gym moving from training station to become a gold oh, gym. Gotcha, okay. it, had we not done that and got the financing to open the the gym in Wenatchee, mm-hmm. I was ready to just downsize and have a personal training studio. So that was okay. one inflection point. The, 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 the second one would have been the East Wenatchee, opening East Wenatchee. And oh, yeah. Had, had, well, you know, this is, yeah. Had we seen the recession coming, yeah, we probably would not have opened that one. Yeah. I know we well, we wouldn't have opened that one. But a lot of people in business, had they seen the recession coming, there's a lot of stuff people wouldn't have done, yeah, right? Exactly. So that would be the second thing. And the third thing was, um, you know, you sort of have these acts in life. You have your first act, second act, sort of third act. I think I'm, I'm moving into my third act in life here. Was a phone call that I received from uh, the president of and president her name's amy pressman and ceo bergahald of medallia a phone call that uh after our gyms were on medallia and you know performing phenomenally phenomenally well then um they wondered like what were we doing and i got a phone call from Mm -hmm. them they're the founders of of medallia wait this was this before you were using medallia or well we were we were um (laughs) When Medallia first came out to Gold's Gym, mm-hmm. um, we wouldn't use it. And we'd been measuring customer experience. Oh, because you like, were like, we're doing it, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also, I, 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 you know, I had said um, that uh, at the time, and, and the uh, Berga Hall just reminded me of this about a month ago, um, that I didn't, like the, I didn't like the product because— You didn't like their original, like— well, here's what I didn't know at the time, right? Like yeah. you could configure it however you wanted to. But yeah. I went, great, we have new customer experience management software. I wanted to use it, but I looked at it and said, well, this doesn't help me. Because yeah. it was aligned <laughs> yeah. more around the hospitality industry than the fitness industry. Yeah. And I happened to be president of the Gold's Gym Franchisee Association at the time. The, the worldwide, like. Yeah, right. Oh, it's, uh, awesome. It yeah. is the, uh, it's owned by the franchisees and it's kind of the, you know, the, franchisees that have their own association and mm-hmm. and they work really well with Coldstream International yeah. and um, uh, and 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 so I got a call from Medallia saying you're the president of the association we understand you don't use the product and that you didn't like the way it was configured I said yeah yeah I, <laughs> you got it right and yeah. so I was put I was tasked with working with them to make it make sense for gyms okay oh so they trying to just took their they try to just take their hospitality thing and right. just throw it at you and just not even customize yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Well. Well. And and nobody really on the Gold's Gym side knew what to do either. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, um, I was the one that came in with Medallion. We configured it to make sense for gyms. Gotcha. At that point, we started to use it. We got more franchisees to use it, and it was probably six months after that that I got a call from Medallion again, saying, How, "What are you doing?" Right. Like it was sort of in essence. I'm summarizing. So I did an interview with him, and and I was asked to uh, go down to Palo Alto and and consult with Medallia, and I did that twice a month for about three months, and then they offered me full time, and yeah. uh, I ended up being vice president of strategic initiatives there for about three years, and that it, that opportunity there, um, being able to go down there and see 
how companies like Apple and Hilton and yeah. you know Hyatt and, and to to see how they do customer experience on an enterprise level. Yeah. Yet to be able to see that through an operator's eyes and a small business person's eyes, mm-hmm. and to uh, be part of uh, Medallia when it was first scaling from I think I was a 75th or 76th employee or something oh, that's like that, crazy. Yeah. and to see it how it was scaling at the time, that that's the inflection point. Yeah, that was I, I can remember I, I worked out at Equinox down there. Equinox Palo Alto was right next door to our headquarters. At the time, our headquarters were in Palo Alto, and um, I, there were a couple of surreal moments. One, I'm on a step mill. Mm-hmm. And Steve Jobs had was um, was still alive, mm. but he had stepped down as CEO, and he had put Tim Cook in yeah. as COO. And I'm reading a book, and it's talking, and it's and and it's it's talking about Steve Jobs and Tim Cook and their and their rapport. Mm. And then uh, Bloomberg News in front of me is t- it has Tim Cook on the screen and uh, talking about him being put in as and and Steve Jobs stepping down. Yeah. But on the step mill next to me is Tim Cook. So it was. I'm sitting there thinking, man, this is just surreal, That's you know. Because so <laughs> he worked out at that club and he checked yeah. in. We checked in at 5 a.m. So I saw him almost every day that. That's crazy. Th- that I that I was in the gym, but there. But I was reading a book by Jim Collins at the time. Um, shortly after that, when he said you're gonna, it's the ability to recognize an opportunity, mm-hmm. that can you step on the gas when you see that opportunity? And for me, I'm just staring at this thing. We've got to take this medallion platform down market in the fitness industry. I've got this opportunity. So it was, that's really the biggest inflection point. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy to be on the Stairmaster and turn your right. That's right funny. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, 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 uh, I was gonna ask really quick about your bodybuilding career. Like what did you, what did you, what, what was your body really career like? Did you ever compete? I know like you always have been, you know, bulkier weightlifter guy. Mm-hmm. Like what, 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 what happened? I don't really so know. I competed. Uh, first contest I did was Mr. Seattle. And I think I went in a body weight, you know, I probably didn't, well, I didn't know as much about dieting and everything. And I went in at uh, somewhere around 180. Okay. And then I did the evergreen bodybuilding championships here in Wenatchee and again maybe 178 180 something like that it wasn't until years later that I really um understood nutrition and everything a lot more and then I was entering some uh there over in Olympia Washington they would do the uh the natural uh Washington State natural bodybuilding and then I was I I went in at a very very lean 198 and a half Oh, and uh, uh, got took first place in the light heavyweight division. I think I was a quarter pound under the cutoff or something nice. like that. Um, took first place in the light heavyweight division there. And then a couple of weeks later, I said, well, I might as well just go compete against everybody that's on drugs and see how that works. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And competed. I, I, and I got fifth in the light heavyweight at, um, shoot, I don't remember the name of the contest. Gotcha. But it was, it was a stark difference in the people that I was around. Like at the natural, and maybe this is this is a very small random sampling, yeah. right? But um, it was interesting at the natural show. Guys were supportive, and and you know it was, it was mm. pretty neat at the at the uh, at the non-natural show. You know, 
I've never been afraid of people in my life, right? Yeah. I, I can handle myself pretty well. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to kick their ass backstage <laughs> at that show. I just thought, good God, get out of here. Um, but that, that, that was it. And then I, then after that, I don't know if I competed much after that, but, um, I just enjoyed. Yeah, it's training. always been more of a passion than right. Like a, exactly, yeah, I don't yeah. need to didn't need to compete. Yeah. And what's crazy for me is, um, and it frustrates me at, at times. I see a lot of these social media guys on the up and up, and whether it's genetics or whatever it is, but like, I see they're not that hard. A lot of them are. I mean, a lot of them are, but a lot of them they, they don't work too hard. You know, I see them. You know, they're just talking, they're hanging out, and like they'll post a video and make ten grand or whatever. And, I look at guys like you, and it's just frustrating because I know that if if social media had been on the up and up when you were in your teens and in college and all yeah. that age or whatever, and I feel like you'd be like a worldwide celebrity by now, just by based on your ambitions and the things you're doing and all all this stuff. But it's crazy, like how um, how it's changed, like how you could do all those things and like it's still like on a local Wenatchee level. And if you had done that and just put your face in front of a camera you'd be you know like this phenomenon of like you know sass models and fitness and medallion all this stuff well hopefully hopefully we'll get a little leverage with it now you know oh, yeah, yeah. It, but it but that it, yeah yeah that, that's interesting like um i don't remember a bodybuilder named chris dickerson but he I know that name, yeah. yeah he'd won yeah. mr olympia a couple times and he used to come to wenatchee um oh, really? yeah. yeah first time in wenatchee was 1984 uh me and a friend of mine it was um Christmas Day, and, or it might have been New Year's Day. At the time, we closed two days a year, you know, you know, Christmas Day, and maybe it was New Year's Day. Yeah. And we had a Christmas trip, and it's in the very first gym that we had. And um, we're in there taking the Christmas tree down. This okay. buddy of mine named Keith, and we're, we're taking the Christmas tree down. And we both knew who every bodybuilder in the world. We knew, you know. Yeah. And, uh, hey, this Chris Dickerson shows up at the doors and they're locked and he's kind of looking in and I'm doing something and he just said, my buddy says to me, he says, huh, that's something you don't see every day. I said, what? And he says, uh, Mr. Olympia is trying to get in. <laughs> I said, oh my God, open the door and because Chris Dickerson uh, comes in. He was the nicest guy. He was a great guy. Yeah. And there was a guy that lived in Arondo that was a bodybuilding fan and he was a paraplegic and he had done a lot of paintings and he had done some of Chris Dickerson and sent him to him oh, gotcha. and so Chris made friends with him and he would stop Chris's Chris lived in Santa Monica okay his mom lived in Alaska so he would stop on here stop. Gotcha. on his way to Alaska and visit his friend and so for about three or four years in a row That's crazy. he'd come in and we go to dinner and were you, one were you just like the only gym that was yeah like yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> right so one night we're at dinner at a place. It used to, it's called David Brown's up in East Wenatchee. It was a Mexican restaurant, and uh, we're having dinner. And he's saying, "God, well, I don't like some of the people that are that are espousing give, out there, giving the most information. You know, they're not they're not bodybuilders. It seems like he'd want to take advice from." And I said, "Well, that's not right." And he says, "What?" And I said, "Well." It, the guys that are the best bodybuilders have such great genetics and everything that it's hard for you to give advice to somebody that really, really doesn't have that, yeah. th that is really figuring out everything and actually studying the science of fast twitch muscle fiber. Yeah. And I went to this and he said, huh, that's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So just by virtue of being big doesn't mean you know anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a crazy that's so funny. He was just like at your door, just like. That was pretty funny. To get he, in. he came back every year through for. He was just a really a pleasant guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Did you guys get a workout in together? Or? No, if we didn't work. I don't think we did. But um, yeah, he he was so good to everybody. Yeah, yeah when awesome. he was in the gym. That's awesome. Just a great guy. Yeah. Um, so I'll finish up with these last two. Uh, so what is your what is your one year goal right now? What is what do you what do you want to be next year? Christmas day or Christmas day after Christmas? Yeah. Um. <laughs> well. Uh, Medallia will either IPO or get acquired. Okay. Uh, you have you have equity in IP or Medallia. Okay. Yep, there you go. Yep. Okay, there you go. <laughs> That's the biggest deal, <laughs> yeah, right like, there. Yeah. And then and then this company Clubworks um, uh, will have its one thousandth club. Oh, that that's incredible. With. Yeah. Um, wait. So what? With uh, did you really change the? Like, how much do you think you increased the valuation of Medallia? Or was it kind of like a group effort? No, no it's, a, it's so funny because I, I, I was there at the right time to have impact on some of the right inflection points, gotcha, right? Okay. Um, but it would be akin to, you know, like, who was, the, who was it that, you know, you get somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger or mm-hmm. let's say... Um, you know, you could take a you could take a, a football player, take a, you know Patrick Mahomes, let's say, mm. and you know who was the person that first put a football in his hand and said, "Hey, you know, you ought to try throwing a football." Gotcha. And how much credit do they get? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of that's sort of how that's I think really about it. Analogy, is, actually, yeah. is that I was there at the right time to help align people around the idea of of what, what is the purpose and how do we create alignment within the position descriptions and how do we yeah i i helped early on with the culture but it's you know it, it would have oh my point. god <laughs> yeah 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 the you know the 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 owners were just you know very smart um yeah that's awesome yeah and then last question here what is your what is your where are you going to be in five years Hopefully, I'm playing a ton of golf. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, that's been, you know, that's yeah. been my New Year's resolution every yeah. year for the last four years. Is like I'm going to play more golf. Yeah. And I, I haven't. Does I only play golf? I, well, that's my, that's my dad's. He's trying to do that too. You guys should play. Is he really? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. 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 It's a good New Year's resolution to have, but I haven't really, I haven't really stuck with it. I don't need to make one about exercise. So, so uh, five, five years. Um, I'd like to be in a position to be helping more people um, get things started, get their businesses okay. started okay. in the Very fitness cool. in the fitness industry. Very awesome. That's where I'd like to be. All yeah. right. And then what, what do you want to, what's the, what's the one thing we have our listeners, uh, what's the one thing you want to leave them with? Like what's a, what's a motivating thing or a thing that they should know just in life that they should, that they should, you know, approach how they approach things or like how they, how they like approach their day. Like what's the one piece of advice you'd have for it? Pretty much anyone. Um, that if you, if you don't have a sense of optimism and I don't mean like blind optimism, that just so <laughs> everything's going to work out great. Yeah. But if you don't have a sense of optimism about your own ability mm-hmm. <clears throat> to fight through and figure stuff out, mm-hmm. it's going to be, you're going to, you're going to go through more pain than you should. And it's that, yeah. it's that if you have that sense of optimism every single day, and I think that's what's helped me a lot is I always feel like there's a way to get something unlocked, to make something work. Absolutely. And um, uh, n- nothing has felt like failure. I mean, it's always just felt like yeah. there's something I can, I learn from. I, lo- right I love that. And I, I totally agree with that. I mean, last year we, um, we actually, we had a huge launch party in Santa Monica. We had about 110 people show up. It was incredible. And 
Um, the day of Apple gives me a call and they're like, oh, by the way, the last three times we added your app to the app store, the person that did it, they shouldn't have done it. It's been an error and actually we can't, we have to pull the app off the app store. So I had this huge launch party and we didn't have an app. Oh my gosh. And so I was really devastated for the first few hours and then um, my girlfriend was so confused. She's like, and then after that I was fine. I was like, okay, what are we doing now? And she was like, how are you even doing this? Like, how are you going to have the party? And I was like, we're just going to figure it out. You know, like it's going to, There you go. I, I just, I think, and it's what I've learned after messing up so many times over the years is that like, kind of like, like what you said, it's just it, at some point, if you're, if you're, if you're who you are and you know who you are, you can find a way to make it work. Yep. You can, you, you just keep pushing. There's always another route. It might take a little longer. It might be a little different than what you wanted, but like it's, it's going to work out. So go, you have to, and so often you have to learn your way out of it. Absolutely. Right. Read something, talk to somebody else that's gone through something, get, but don't just try to solve the problem yourself necessarily. Right. Sometimes a solution will come to you, but almost always it's seek counsel quickly. Know that there's a way out. You just got to find it. Absolutely. And, and well, the the other thing is I I would say this, if you, if it ever really sucks and I've been there when it really, really sucks, (laughs) And where you think it can't suck anymore, and then the next day it sucks more. Yeah, is to just keep telling yourself this is going to make a hell of an epic comeback story. Yeah, that's what I always. Right. <laughs> that's so fun. Those are both things that I say. I always say like, like uh, I've just had some shit happen to me, and yeah. I'm just like, this is gonna be a really good story, though. Like, yeah, this is gonna make time. a great comeback story. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. All right, so we'll uh, we'll end her on that. That's okay. perfect. That's so awesome. Yeah. Seriously, thank you all so much for listening. I couldn't be happier with how the podcast has gone so far. I've met some incredible people through this process, had some great interviews, and I just want to thank you for listening. Honestly, um, if you could leave a great review, that'd be awesome. If you could subscribe, that'd be even better. You know, we, we want you uh, listening in every single week. We're going to have episodes every single Monday and Wednesday. I already have a giant episode bank so that no matter what happens, something is always getting published. And, uh, you know, if you want to leave a comment, just let me know what you want to see in the podcast. If you want me to interview different people, ask different questions, maybe have a different theme. I I really don't know. I'm kind of new to this. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening and have an awesome day. We strive.